Good morning. I'm Riley, and this is Lifestyle Tucson, a program where I speak with nonprofit groups and organizations, finding out how they serve our community and getting updates on current projects. For the first portion of today's program, I am speaking with Gospel Rescue Mission about the Center for Opportunity. I am speaking with Lisa Chastain, CEO, Gospel Rescue Mission. Wonderful. Well, to start things off, can you just give me a a brief description of what Gospel Rescue Mission is for anyone who might be unfamiliar. Sure. Gospel Rescue Mission has been in Tucson since 1953, so it's been a long-standing organization. Uh, my grandfather started it back in the day, so I'm very, very privileged to take uh, to carry on the good work that he started. Gospel Rescue Mission has always met the needs of the homeless and the working poor in Tucson. It's obviously evolved over the years, and we try to be really sensitive to providing solutions for what the current problems are. So obviously that's evolved over the years. Um, now we are even expanding services beyond where we even started and always taking care of uh, addiction problems. We've always taken care of hunger always taking care of getting people off the streets, mm. but it's so much more complex now. So we're trying to meet the needs of those that are experiencing homelessness and give them an opportunity to not just get back on their feet, but really be successful in life. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of opportunity, the center of opportunity. <laughs> so I was actually looking at centerofopportunity.org and I saw this great visual of how it came together um, with the H.S. Lopez Foundation. Can you tell me a bit of background there and the creation of this sure. one-stop shop? Sure. Yeah, it's an incredible story. So just to kind of put the story together, I was in a place in my life where I was doing, uh, I had my own nonprofit called Hope Network. We did citywide events that serve the poor. That looked like, you know, basic necessities of life in addition to uh, social service agencies coming together to meet the needs of the of the people in Tucson. Our long-term goal with that was always to have a brick-and-mortar version, a one-stop shop for people to come, um, you know, that was so necessary in Tucson because of the transportation problems we have here. So it was always been in my heart for like the last 15 years. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit about that background. Then fast forward, I come on staff at Gospel Rescue Mission for a succession plan, uh, which is a whole God story all by itself. And so not really understanding why I felt so called to do it, but I felt called to do it. So I did it. Two months after I started, we get the call from Humberto Lopez, which is a uh, he's a, a local philanthropist and developer here in town. And he invited nine nonprofits to come to uh, the old Holiday Inn Holodome Hotel and to tour the facility because he was thinking that it would be a good location to do a one-stop center to serve the homeless. So we were invited to that. So I got literally out of the car, got onto that property, and I just knew that this mm-hmm. is why you know I was here <laughs> for such a time as this. And uh, and so all the rest of the nonprofits were just like, who would do this job? This is so much work. And I could barely keep my feet on the floor. So that started our process. You know, two weeks later, we got a call from him. He goes, okay, I bought the hotel. I want Gospel Rescue Mission to come in there and be kind of what we call the managing partner of the center. And he came, him and his wife, Zarina, came and presented to our board. Our board voted unanimously 
to move for, forward with the partnership. And uh, that began the journey in the creation of the Center of Opportunity. Can you tell me a bit about some of the other partners that are there that can that make this into the one stop? Right. Like- so it's way beyond, you know, Gospel Rescue Mission. We handle, of course, the shelter, the meals, programs, addiction recovery, uh, but all of those other services that are complex. We partner together with other nonprofits to to provide medical and dental. Mm-hmm. Uh, El Rio is there with a full service medical and dental clinic. We have a whole stable of, of attorneys that come mm-hmm. and give their work pro bono to get people out of their legal entanglements. We have Department of Economic Security there. We have 90% of the people we serve are in some form of benefit, so they're there to help them manage that. We are partnered together with organizations that get like their IDs, the things we don't think yeah. of, right? People come to us and they don't even have an ID. Well, they have to have an ID to get services, uh, most of their services, and also to get employment. Mm -hmm. So anything that you can think of, we actually took like the top 20 obstacles that homeless face and looked for vetted organizations. We vetted organizations to uh, to provide that service at the center. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me a bit about the impact you have had for the community over last year or so? Yeah, it's been an interesting couple of years, as we all know. Yeah. You know, with COVID, <laughs> we were open for only eight months. We mm-hmm. opened in June of 2019 before COVID hit. Mm. So we've actually been open longer during COVID yeah. than on the other side of COVID. So it's been interesting to navigate, but still, during COVID, our pop, we had to drop the population mm-hmm. numbers down to 50%. But even with the capacity down, our transformational services were kind of out of the out of the roof. So we were really excited about that. For example, we just in meals, we did about 175,000 meals last year. Um, we provided over 58,000 shelter bed nights. Wow. And 6,500 of those were for kids. We had 36,000 volunteer hours in the midst of, you know, even still COVID in 2021. So we're so grateful for that. But here's the incredible numbers that we almost put uh, uh, 420 people into employment. I mean, in one year, which is amazing. So that's more that we're placing people in job one a day, you know, more than one a day. 363 people uh, we put in permanent housing, 110 people graduated from our recovery program. So it's just amazing, you know, and this is these are the services that people need to to get off the streets, Mm -hmm. you know, and really we call it from homeless to wholeness and everything in between. We have a holistic approach. Uh, helping people mind, body, spirit Mm -hmm. to really recover from their issues that might have sent them to the streets in the beginning, in the first place, and um, help them set them on a good course, a successful path for their life so that they don't so that they don't have to Mm -hmm. ever go back to the streets again. That's the whole idea of the Center of Opportunity. Get people off the streets, get them program services, get them employment, housing. We're even, La Frontera is there with 100 low-income permanent housing Mm -hmm. units that they're opening in May. The campus keeps growing and keeps adapting to what the needs are. Also say right now that we're super excited about uh, partnership with Pima Community College starting the end of this month to provide job training. So right now, our uh, our workforce development includes, you know, getting somebody employment, but we work with their skill set and their experience that they currently come to us with. The job training will actually provide skill sets for higher paying jobs. So construction trade jobs, 
IT logistics, uh, culinary, CDL driver's license, forklift training. So we're so excited about just the opportunity to teach people a actual trade so that they can get a higher paying job so they can actually have a career and possibly, hopefully, in poverty in their life, um, which, of course, would end homelessness as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's part of that holistic approach. You know, right. when you have that employment that's gainful, you can keep yourself in a good situation. Tell me about some of, you mentioned so many volunteer hours. What are some of the volunteer opportunities at the uh, Center for Opportunity? The whole center is based on, you know, the foundation of love, grace, dignity, and respect. So uh, we don't even want to just demonstrate that by our actions, but we exemplify it in our aesthetics. Mm -hmm. The facility is super nice. And, you know, just to demonstrate that we love and we care for the people that walk through our doors. So the volunteers are really an extension of that. We built the whole center of opportunity around relationships, right? People come in off the streets. They're hardened. They don't trust anybody. Mm -hmm. So it takes a while for us to even, you know, for them to trust us to get ask for help. So the volunteers play a key part in that. One thing that they do that we has a significant change when we moved in there is our meal services. So breakfast, lunch, and dinner, people come into the dining room, they sit down at a table, and all the meals are served, just restaurant style. Mm -hmm. And um, that's all by volunteers. And so that's one huge task that the volunteers do. But the volunteers help help us in, you know, our pastoral care. Mm -hmm. We have 64 volunteers that are either pastors or lay leaders or chaplains that are there 12 hours a day to offer, you know, a listening ear or somebody to pray with. Um, so we have that volunteer opportunity. We have volunteers that help us in our maintenance department, in our IT department, in our admin department. So uh, it kind of is an endless. If yeah. you uh, you can use your gifts and your talents um, at some some place at Gospel Rescue mm-hmm. Mission. So yeah, any any talent or knowledge level yeah. works. You're listening to Lifestyle Tucson. I'm Riley, and I am speaking with Lisa Chastain, CEO of Gospel Rescue Mission. So something that Gospel Rescue Mission is is well known for is the holiday celebrations, and we have uh, Good Friday and Easter on the way. Tell me about what is coming up for Easter. Yeah, so this is actually our second Easter event that we've done. We changed our Christmas food outreach to Easter uh, last year because there were such a, so many opportunities for food outreach at Christmas time, mm-hmm. but yet none really for, for the Easter mm-hmm. time. So we felt like uh, the need was greater. Uh, no one was really meeting the need. So we switched it last year, and it was in the midst, midst of COVID. During COVID, because of COVID, we started our Blessings to Go event, mm-hmm. which was really our food outreach in a drive through style. And that kind of became the theme of the last two years. We had our Thanksgiving Blessings to Go, our Easter Blessings to Go, And coming up on Good Friday, April 15th, we have yet another Easter Blessings to Go event. But this year, we're going to try to incorporate sit-down meals as well. So we'll have an opportunity for people to come and have a sit-down meal, or they can also choose to drive through. Not only Easter brunch meals, but also resource box, which includes, you know, uh, hygiene items, uh, non-perishable food items, Uh, There'll be stuffed animals for the kids, fun for the kids. So it's really a live band. So it's a festival-like environment. So if you're in need or if you simply want to come and help, April 15th from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Center of Opportunity, you can go to our website, grmtucson.com, go to our volunteer page and learn all about it. 
Wonderful. Well, Lisa, is there anything else you'd like to add on about uh, Gospel Rescue Mission or Center of Opportunity? Yeah, I just want to always take an opportunity to thank the community. Uh, it's because of the community's great, generous support financially, your support with your volunteer hours. You know, Gospel Rescue Mission is uh, privately funded. We, do, we are not funded mm-hmm. by any government funding, uh, federally, state, local We rely on individual donors, uh, private foundations, and to allow us the flexibility to do what we do. We feel like it makes us more effective, that we can do more for less. And of course, we don't want our religious liberties to, uh, we want them to stay intact. So the community has really stepped up. You know, our budget went up $2 million moving in the center of opportunity and the communities just met us along the way. So I always wanted to take an opportunity to just say thank you for that. And your money goes to transformational services that are really changing people's lives. Mm-hmm. And also, it would be uh, great for me to mention here that we also collect your uh, donated items. So mm-hmm. your clothing, your furniture, your household items, um, we take all of those in. You can drop off at both of our locations, at the Palo Verde location as well as our Miracle Mile Women's Recovery Center location, or if you have a lot, we'll come pick up. All of those goods go to low-income families uh, absolutely free. We don't have a thrift store or sell those items. Uh, we give it right back out to the community in need. So those items would go to people perhaps that you found housing for that exactly. don't have a bed or don't have, you know. Like, and that's the fun part. Yeah. You know, we finally have somebody that's in finishing the program. They've secured an apartment and we get to go in there, you know, with all of the great contributions from the mm-hmm. community and give them a bed and nightstands and, you know, pots and pans and dishes and so that they're uh, ready to uh, have a successful yeah, life. Definitely set up for success. Yes. Well, Lisa, before I let you go, will you just tell me the best way for people to find out more, make a donation or seek services from Gospel Rescue Mission. Yes, we are at 4550 South Palo Verde Road. Um, So you can come by and check us out. Also find out all of the information about our organization as a whole on our website at grmtucson.com. And you can call us at 520-740-1501. If you need help, come. If we're not the place for you, we will get you to the Mm -hmm. right place. You know, we never turn people away just with no answer. We're a great collective partner in the community, so we always make sure that we can get people the help, whether it's us or not. So come. Also, you can you can help us in those ways that I explain financially with your gifts and your talents and also with your your household goods. Wonderful. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. That was Lisa Chastain, CEO of Gospel Rescue Mission. Their Easter blessings to go will be on Good Friday, April 15th at the H.S. Lopez Family Foundation Center of Opportunity, 4550 South Palo Verde Road. I'm Riley, and you are listening to Lifestyle Tucson. For the next portion of today's program, I am sharing a conversation I had with Boys to Men Tucson Mentoring. I am speaking with... Michael Brasher. I'm the CEO of Boys to Men Tucson. 
I found out about Boys to Men a couple of months ago through Angel Charity for Children, and I would like to start off with the basics. Will you tell me about who and what Boys to Men is and how long you've been operating in the Tucson area? Boys to Men really started about 10 years ago as a grassroots response to kind of a community problem. There was a group of single moms whose sons were becoming teenage boys. They were changing, their relationships were changing, and so they reached out to some of the men in their own community and said, you know, we we need y'all to step up and support our boys while they're making this transition. And that kind of group of friends, they started to put together these weekend retreats And they were really trying to model it off of a rite of passage experience that's gone on in a lot of places and times for teenage boys in particular. And so they grew, they had a lot of success and impact doing that, and they entered the school system. It's really just been in the last five years that it's kind of emerged from just a grassroots volunteer thing to having staff with funding and now trying to really build out um, a professional nonprofit that can address sort of the issues that are going on around fatherlessness and toxic masculinity and teenage boys who don't have, you know, really quality relationships with older men showing up for them. Sort of the core thing that we do now, we run weekly talking circles throughout the school system with screened, trained adult volunteer male mentors and teenage boys. So it'll be three to four adult men for every 10 to 12 teenage boys. And and we're in about 20 schools and community spaces right now. Um, We were in juvenile detention before the, before COVID locked out volunteers. And so that's really the the core of our program. We still continue to do um, rite of passage adventure weekends, and we do monthly uh, sort of hiking trips, adventure outings, we call them. And just really the, the whole point is to create opportunities for boys and men to spend regular time together where they can let down their guard, be vulnerable and ask for help. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kind of building off this, because you did briefly touch on it. Can you explain to me a bit of the reason why there needs to be this focus on mentoring boys and young men? Like what types of societal issues do you feel can be remedied long term through a mentoring process like this? Yeah, right. There's this this proverb that we say a lot, which is that if the boys of a tribe aren't initiated, they'll burn down the village just to feel the heat. And I do think that that's a really good metaphor for a lot of what you see in, in our communities today. So if you look at issues of school shootings, gender-based violence, sexual violence, substance abuse, you know, um, depression, suicide, all of these things are way disproportional rates for teenage boys as a group. And even just the achievement gap, you know, in mm-hmm. school and, and how folks are doing in school, what's really clear, there's a lot of research that shows that the way that we're raising boys today, sort of the rules and norms that they get about what it means to be a man, coupled with sort of the intergenerational cycles of absenteeism, a little boy grows up without a man in his life, and then he becomes an adult man who's also absent. Those things have really coupled together to, I believe, create a crisis for teenage boys in the U.S. and and we definitely see it here in Tucson and and you know it's why you see a lot of gang activity. Mm-hmm. You see teenage boys who don't have a community that's holding them and giving them a strong identity. And so what they do is is they initiate each other mm-hmm. and they hold each other and they give each other an identity. And so our work is to really wake men up to say, hey, this is y'all's business, and if y'all don't show up for this, it's not going to go right. Mm-hmm. Definitely. 
Uh, let's go over some of the types of programs your organization offers. Like I was looking online and I saw site-based mentoring, adventure outings, challenge adventure weekends. Can you tell me just a bit more about those different programs you have? Yes. The site-based mentorship is really our core program. It's a very high impact program. We know that a student who sits in a school-based circle every week for a year on average is going to see their grades improve by 25%, decrease in absenteeism, disciplinary referrals, increasing graduation rates. It's what we know too, right? It's about the hierarchy of needs. You know, when folks, when young people have emotional needs that are deeply unmet, they don't care about math. You know, that's, that's all of us. Right. And so what we do is we go there on campus. We usually bring food. We train these guys and every single week at the same time for an entire year, a handful of caring, trained, skillful mentors are going to sit in this talking circle with a group of boys. And there's just a couple of real basic agreements they, they make, like it's a confidential space. They, they make it a really safe, high trust mm-hmm. space. And the main thing we train the mentors to do is to hold space. Don't get in there and give a bunch of advice. Don't get in there and try to fix these boys and tell them what's wrong with them and tell them what they need to do, but create space for them to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. and to explore how they're really feeling. And our belief, right, is that there's nothing, our our youth aren't broken. And if if you hold space for them to explore how they're feeling, they can often sort out what they need and what they want in their lives. That's the core of what we do. Like I said, it, it, it's an incredibly high impact program on the campuses where it's at. But then we also just want to create other types of opportunities for young men to get in that healing relationship with nature. So we do a lot of hikes. We do a lot of wilderness things. That's the adventure outings. That's a monthly sort of less structured, less intense time where all the mentors and young folks can just hang out and do something fun. They went to a hockey game, for example, in December. So, you know, it's just really trying to find some quality time. And then once a semester, we do these adventure weekends, which is much more intense. It's three days. It's a, a sort of a camping trip. And it's very focused on, you know, what is the man you're becoming? Who is the man you want to be? What are the barriers? What do you need help with to become that person? How do you ask for help? So it's it's a very focused kind of retreat that helps them to get really clear about who they're trying to be and what they need. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because I recently had a conversation about how, you know, telling someone what to do and like writing a prescription for a problem doesn't necessarily get you results. But when you allow and teach someone how to grow and make those decisions for themselves, it will actually make an impact in that individual. Um, So will you tell me more about what it's like to become a mentor and some of what uh, the process of becoming one and then what the active mentorship is like? We have a tremendous demand for our program all the time. There's a waiting list of schools. And the only thing that keeps us from really scaling this program throughout the school system is just the we need a steady supply of adult men. The mentors are really the most important part here. So so what we do, we ask everybody to go through a one-time training. We uh, actually just completed one this last weekend. You take a Saturday and really go through a reflection process together as a group where you just look at your own teenage years and really connect to that teenager you were and remember in your body what it felt like to be vulnerable, to be excited, to be in that time period and then and then connecting to what were the things that actually helped you 
from adults and what were the things that didn't help mm-hmm. you, right? And and when when adults can really connect to that in an authentic kind of way, it's not hard to then go spend time with young people and give them what they need. And so that's a lot of the mentor training. What's good about Boys to Men is we don't do one-on-one mentorship. And so it takes the pressure off. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we always are doing group mentorship. So no one person never has to have the answer. And so once you go through that, you know, we'll, we'll put people through a background check. We screen them. If you're able, what we want you to do is commit to sitting in a school circle for a semester or for a a whole year. And we will pair you with mentors who have more skill, who have more experience when you're brand new. And you'll just spend every single week for that, you know, semester or school year sitting in circle with the boys. And the thing that we really train the mentors on Again, it's, it's about holding space, not trying to fix or correct the boys. And so it, it turns it on its head, what we think of as like mentorship or, and leadership. And, and so what I often will tell um, men is the most important thing that you can do for the youth in your circle is walk in that day and be honest about how you're feeling in your life and take off the hat of the guy who knows stuff, the guy who has answers dad, husband, boss, employee, and just be a person on their journey in life. And so the way our circle works is, is everyone in the circle is equal. And so just show up and just share your truth for the day. Hey, the truth is I got in an argument with my partner this morning and I feel kind of remorseful. And that's like, a, that's, that's a healthy, authentic thing to share with a group of teenage boys on a given morning. And then as you show up in your vulnerability and authenticity, then the young people are going to follow suit. And then it becomes really powerful. Um, and, and so I think I can say pretty safely from my own experience as a mentor and with all the mentors we work with over the course of a year, it's a very healthy, life-changing, mm-hmm. transformative, empowering practice because you're practicing wonderful things for your own self, but you're doing it in the context of young people who are having their life changed by the work you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely lots of room for personal growth within the mentors themselves as well. Um, so I read that, that Boys to Men is a, a qualifying organization for the Arizona Charitable Tax Credit donation. Can you tell me a bit about how Boys to Men uses donations from the community? What I appreciate about uh, Boys to Men, and I have worked a little bit with Boys to Men before I became the CEO, so I was familiar with with what they do, but because it's a volunteer-driven organization, dollars go so much further with mm-hmm. Boys to Men. You know, a lot of nonprofits, which is okay, you know, there's nothing wrong with it, but because staff deliver their programs, you're paying for every person that's Mm -hmm. working to deliver that impact to the community. Well, our real work is just a handful of staff training hundreds of men. Um, And so the costs are relatively low when you consider the the children that we're impacting. And so uh, we depend heavily on the Arizona tax credit. You know, of course, it's a really helpful way to keep your tax dollars in Tucson and and decide how they're going to make an impact. And so what we really focus the Arizona tax credit dollars we get are the program expenses of bringing food to the circles. We bring a lot of pizza to the mm-hmm. teenage boys. They love pizza. And so we bring it, it everywhere. Sense, yeah. <laughs> um, we, we use it for background checks uh, for the mentors that can't afford to do a background check. We use it to, to fund the trainings that we do with men. And then the last thing that we really use it for is to fund our uh, wilderness adventure weekends. Mm-hmm. So it definitely just goes directly back into the work you are you doing with boys to men. Uh, well, is there, is there anything else you would like to share about your organization before we start kind of wrapping things up here? What I want to say is, is boys to men is 
one part of a community-based response, but what is more important than Boys to Men, the organization, is just that our community really wakes up to the issue. It's about doing prevention work, which is easy to neglect in our lives, but we always regret it when we do, right? There's a, a Frederick Douglass quote, which is that it's easier to build strong children than it is to repair broken men. And I think when you look at a lot of what's been going on in the United States lately and in our own communities, it's really clear that we as a community have to show up and do something for the young men who are becoming the leaders in our community. And so, so I guess I just want to say, you know, what Boys to Men is really trying to do is our part to foster a movement to take responsibility for having the children, the communities, and the futures that we want, and to feel empowered like we can do that. And so whether it's being a part of Boys to Men or finding other opportunities in your own community, what we need more than anything is a wake-up call amongst the grown men in this community to say it's not it's not even enough just how I'm raising my own son. It's all the boys in this community need me as an adult man to show up in my capacity with love and service and commitment and to just be there for them on their own journey. And that when we begin to do that together, we can change a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And I really like how you put the emphasis that these boys aren't broken. There's nothing wrong with these individuals. They just need to have that pathway shown for a better future. Uh, So um, will you just share the best way for people to get in contact with Boys to Men Tucson, whether to make a donation or they would like to become a mentor or just want to learn more about what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. So I would encourage folks to visit our website, which is btmtucson.com, as in Boys to Men, btmtucson.com. They can also follow us on Instagram. It's just at Boys to Men Tucson. So our whole name is as one word, at Boys to Men Tucson. And just want to throw out there too, that we have some scholarships that are available for men who want to become mentors, but it's a financial hardship. You know, we, we know that it costs money sometimes to volunteer. A lot of times when you look at the demographics of who volunteers, it's folks who have resources. And so we do have scholarships available to pay folks that can't afford it, but want to participate mm-hmm. because right, everybody should have access to this work. Um, and, and so they can learn about that program or anything else that we're doing just by uh, visiting our website. Well, Michael, was there anything else? I think that's it, Riley. Careful. I super appreciate you making time today. Absolutely. Thank you so much. That was Michael Brasher, the CEO of Boys to Men Tucson. You've been listening to Lifestyle Tucson. I'm Riley, and if you're a part of a nonprofit group or organization that would like to be featured in an upcoming episode of our Lifestyle Tucson program, you can reach out to me by email, publicaffairs at azlotus.com. That is publicaffairs, all one word, at azlotus.com. For more information about the program or to listen back to something you may have missed, go to the Sunday Mornings page at mixfm.com, kfma.com, klpx.com or espntucson.com.